All right. Hey, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to Louisiana Ladies. My name is Melissa Torito. And I am Maggie Robinson. And this is a podcast with with no no agenda. agenda. Was this past weekend not glorious? It was wonderful. It was the it most was wonderful, wonderful weekend. I'm ready, but I don't think it's going to be here very long. <laughs> Let's be optimistic. Yes. <laughs> and when we say it's wonderful, what are we talking about? The weather. The weather. The weather has been all weekend outside. Yeah. You were on the patio with Patrick? I, I was. We, we made two trips to Lowe's um, because I am very ignorant when it comes to Lane Mulch. I've got very small flower beds. So I was like, I only need two bags of mulch. Uh, No, you don't. You need twice as much as what you think you need. (laughs) And so, yeah, so we were at Lowe's twice, but we really did. We spent the entire weekend um, outside and it was fantastic. Were there a lot of people at Lowe's? Yes. I feel like when the weather gets nice, people just want to get out and knock out all those projects. And then you just do it and then you just want to sit there and and admire your work, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So couldn't have asked for a better weekend. What about you? Did y'all spend all weekend outside too? Yeah, on the we, farm? Well, no, actually, we went camping this weekend. Ooh. Yeah, we went to Natchez, Like, pitch a tent camping? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> nope. I need, but, I'd go glamping. So, we, I would say it's more glamping, because we don't go primitive. We have power. We have it, I mean, really, we're just outdoors, but we But bought. you're still sleeping in a tent. Yes. That constitutes camping. Lainey, is that camping to you? Okay. <laughs> That's camping. That's camping. But it was wonderful. I know. So it dropped till about, I think it dropped to about 50, 55 degrees. But we didn't really get cold. We just, we just snuggled up. Yeah. We actually lit a fire in our house in the morning mm-hmm. because my house is basically, if it's 55 degrees outside, it's about 65 degrees in my house since it's an old house. So um, that was really nice. It had a nice little ambiance to it. Nice. Um but yeah, she just want those weekends. I just want to repeat, but it's okay. I just love it. I do too. It makes me so happy and it's mm-hmm. sunny today. We don't yes. know how long. And There's that was the key. Tr- so it started off really chilly in the mornings and we'd have the fire going, but then the sun would come up and you have, you had the mix of both. You had the chilly and then you had just bright sun. I know. It's a vitamin D exposure. Was it just you and Aaron? No, we, um, it was his best friend's birthday celebration. So two other couples went with us. Fun. Okay. Well, I will vicariously live through you when it comes to camping. <laughs> you know, I love there's... camping. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a camper. Um, okay, so I did want to talk about this one piece of aggravation for me. It has nothing to do with the weather or the weekend. But my Apple Watch, you have an Apple Watch, right? Mm-hmm. So I love the Apple Watch. It's a great way to see how active you're being. But why does Apple not understand that you need to take a rest day? <laughs> It's still on Sunday. You. It's like, golly, golly, Missy, it looks like your ring should be further along. I'm like, because I'm resting. Why can't I tell it that? Does yours do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, it just frustrates me. So, yesterday I didn't wear it at all. And then we did a whole bunch of yard work, and I was like, darn it, I bet y'all would have gotten my stand goal close to my active calories. So, I always think it's funny when it's really late at night and it tells you, you can still do it. You yeah. can still meet your goals. I'm like, I'm on the couch. I'm getting ready for bed. There's no chance. I'm not getting up. Yeah. Well, sometimes you know me just wave your arm and thinks you're standing. Sometimes I do that too. So, um, I'm pretty, I'm neurotic about closing those three rings, and it just 
It's very discouraging. It should be like, hey, you've rocked it for six out of seven days. You deserve a rest right. day. You can sit on the couch all day long. The weather is beautiful. Take a rest. Yes. <laughs> oh, anyway, that was my aggravation. I just needed to get that out there. And I don't know if anybody else experiences that aggravation with Apple Watch. Or when it can't pick up your heart rate, when you're working out, all the things. Mm-hmm. All the things. Before we move on, though, to our very special guest today, I was Instagram influenced per usual, and bought a pair of, is it Airy? Mm-hmm. Offline yes. leggings. Heavenly, right? My life has been changed forever. For 28 bucks. Yeah. Well, when they're on sale. When they're on sale. If, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Well, they might not be on sale. But they're right. still only like $50, right? Mm-hmm. And aren't they a knockoff of, or not a knockoff, sorry. Hope. Dupe. A dupe. Or maybe similar, but not as pricey as the Lulu. Uh, an alternative. Align. Yeah, an alternative. That's a better way to put it. So, um, but yeah, so that was really great. And then the only other thing I did this weekend, another weekend, another Melissa did a bunch of online retail shopping. So we'll be having some packages coming this week. So I can't chime in or, or say that they're a dupe or whatever for Lulu because I don't um, but I know it's important to distinguish between which type of Lulu they're similar to. I think it's the Align. Which is the comfier pair. Yes. So not a compression workout, more like a lounge a lounge. I think pant. the Align is the comfier pair. I have a pair of Align. And the Wonder Under, it's pretty comfortable, but you can still wear those. Like, I can wear those to do Pilates. I don't think I'd go running in them. Okay. Now, these offline... I'm not going to wear them to work out ever. These are saved because they Lounge also make you wear. look pretty good, too. Yeah. Like with a big sweater. Yeah. So, Instagram influence, but it was totally worth it. I own three pairs, and there's there's no regret there. I was in them all weekend. I, I want three pairs so I can make sure that I have a clean pair all the time. I don't think it's actually humanly possible to have too many leggings. No. no. I just don't think it is. So. I, haven't, I haven't reached that point yet. <laughs> anyway. All right. Before we keep chatting too, too long, yeah. we have... A very special guest today. We do. Devin Lemoyne. Say hey, Devin. Hey, y'all. <laughs> so Devin is the owner of Success Labs, which is a consulting company here in, in Baton Rouge. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what she does. Um, Devin is very special to me personally because she's worked with me for, has it been two years, Devin? I think two years. So Devin is technically my business coach. But she's also my therapist slash quasi-friend, you know, and I have to say that one of the best things about Devin, so Devin, I mean, you're very smart, but she is not judgmental. So when I'm having a crazy day, (laughs) and she has seen those days, she is not judgmental, very even keel, puts it in perspective, and I think that's really what... Oh, good. Yeah. That's a really nice thing to say. You're doing doing it. Yeah. And I've never seen her get upset about anything. Really? I don't think so. That's good. I mean, it probably wouldn't be good to be like a, you know, business, you know, leadership development coach if you were angry, judgmental, and not stable. I would be probably a terrible coach. I would be a terrible coach. Well, you were saying saying to me that I have a very calming voice. I feel like Devin is one of those calming calming voices. So you can go to her and she can kind of talk you down and make you feel good. Yeah, well, and she's very, as we're talking about you in third person, but Devin, you're very, um, 
Okay, so what's really going on? Because let's just be honest, I've gotten so worked up about, like so worked up about things. And she's like, okay, well, let's look at the numbers or let's see this. And then y'all, you know what's so weird? Everything works out. <laughs> the <laughs> world that. does not end. So anyway, that's that's why Devin's very been very special to me and very um, influential when it comes to my leadership skills, my business skills, all of the above, my mental health, <laughs> whether she's a love. I don't think you're a licensed therapist, but I am not clearly a licensed therapist, (laughs) but our plan has worked, right? There's so many uh, good things happening, both with your business and personal and professionally. So we must be, either I'm doing something right or you're doing something right right. or your support team is doing something right. That's probably where it really, uh, Maggie and Lainey and all the other uh, people on your team are doing a lot of things right. right? Synergy. Yeah, to to make everything work. I am very blessed on a daily basis. But um, enough about me, Devin. We want to talk about you. (laughs) Okay. All right. So how long, I guess just, we'll start very casual. Are you from Baton Rouge? I grew up in Baton Rouge, yeah. Born and raised? Yeah. Did you not know that? We didn't cover this over a drink or a coffee or a lunch or a cry. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. But I just forgot. So, yeah. So, I'm I'm actually born and raised in Baton Rouge. Went to Baton Rouge High and LSU. And, yeah. It's great being from here just because we, you and I talked about this at drinks the other night. How if you hang around long enough, all your worlds start to collide in mostly good ways. Yes. <laughs> and that can be great just personally and business and I don't know. It's just that piece is kind of nice. And I don't know if you expect that to happen. I don't think and I did. You're starting to, you said, yes. kind of, I'm starting to see how all the worlds start to connect and how that ends up working out really great. Just have to be patient before that happens. Or just not realize that it's going to happen. They'd be happily surprised when it does, <laughs> that right? Is, like that when, is. It, when it all just starts coming together. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I personally love about being born and raised in Baton Rouge. That the, the worlds collide and, you know, you're with a referral source and they're bringing in a potential client, customer. And you're like, wait, I went to grade school with that person yeah. or I went to high school with that person. And it's just so, I mean... Devin, you, you make connections with people pretty instantly, but I feel like that makes it easier. Like, hey, remember prom or something? <laughs> Whatever. Whatever it may be. Yeah. I haven't had that, you know, I do feel like as you get older and mature, you can really work with anyone, whether you were close with them in high school or not, you know. And so I, I had a had a really great class in high school. I had a great um, memories of that. I mean, that's where me and Patrick became friends. You know, so something weird, interesting happens, and I'm older than you, right? So... You get to your, like, 30-year class reunion. And when you get to your 30-year class reunion... My 20 is this year, but I don't think we're going to have it. So, uh, yeah, it's a weird year for that, right? (laughs) Weird year. (laughs) But what ends up happening is that no matter what group you were in, or whether you were friends or not, something about 30 years, everybody's, like, a little bit, like, sort of happy to be alive and, and to be doing reasonably well. And... It was like a frenzy at the 30-year reunion. So right now I'm, I guess I'm at 35, 35 years, right? Um, yeah, right around 35. Oh, my God. Is it longer than that? Am I at 30? Yeah. What year did you graduate? Oh, my we're, God. It's almost counts. 40. I'm oh. scared to say. I graduated in 1981. Oh, the year I was born. Okay, so we'll just use my age. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So we'll just use my age. Let's just use your age. 30 yes. years. Yes. 
38. <laughs> yeah. So thir- at 30 and 35, like everything, it's this is now all, all of a sudden becoming really embarrassing because <laughs> all this is on the podcast. But hey, clearly the so 30 this is what happens, right? Like, like, you don't feel that old and you don't even know if you look that old. Right? Like, you might and you might not. You don't really know. Right. But you definitely don't think that you've been out of high school almost 40 years. But something happens at 30 or 35. So what a friend of mine said one time, it's like, at, at 10 years, it's like, what, do you, what did you do with your life? And, you know, no, uh, wait, no, who did you marry? Yeah. At 20, it's how successful are you? Mm-hmm. And then at 30, it's just like, how's everybody looking? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you holding up all right? Like, this is just like, ooh, or, oh, right? And, like, every, like, there's a lot on, like, are you holding up all right, you know, at 30. That's a lot of pressure. i got but, 10 more years for that. I don't know how I'm going to be holding I'm telling up you, like, but, I don't know. That's what we kind of figured out after 30. But also, everybody was, like, super happy just, I don't know, to see each other. And you kind of forgot whether you were close friends or right. not close yeah. friends. Right. And then there was a big frenzy, social media frenzy, where everybody wanted to be everybody's social media friends, even if you, even if you had like Facebook and, and Insta and all that. And so it just kind of went, it goes a little nuts. So let me ask you this. Did you feel like that gave you an opportunity to reconnect with some of these people that maybe you'd lost touch with through Facebook or... Because I feel like, you know, you go to one of those things and there's a lot of energy and you're excited, but what, you know, how long does that connection last, I guess? Well, with Facebook, it lasts forever on a base level. Sure. I I don't know that I'd say that I reconnected with anybody and see them all the time, but the surface connections are definitely there. And then my other thing about reunions, and y'all are probably a little different. Um, St. Joseph's, I think y'all do a really good job with that. I went to St. Michael's. Oh, St. Michael, sorry. But I taught at St. Joseph's, and a lot of people think I graduated from St. Joseph's. Yeah, that's what got confusing. So to me, the Friday night event, just where you meet up at a bar, which a lot of times with reunions, usually you have a Friday night event that's casual, where everybody just meets up at a bar, and then you usually have something more formal on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So Friday night's always fun, and then to me, always Saturday's like a big disappointment, right? Because you've already had the fun... Well, if you have a family day, we just had an evening event. So anyway, just saying that the most fun is just the Friday night when everybody's sort of like casual and you're seeing everybody for the first time. It's casual. And then there's so much pressure for the second night because usually it's bad. So to have, you know, it's bad food. And then, and there's, yeah, so you have these high expectations and it's just like, but you've already seen everybody, but everybody's more dressed up and then they usually rent too big a space and it's too much room. And it's awkward. So it's just much better. I think they should just, yeah, I think they should just (laughs) go with them. So the next year, a good friend of mine and I said, we're just going to go to the Friday night thing and we're not going to get tricked into the Saturday thing because that was really the most fun part. To me. Well, I do feel like the if you do something really casual, you, nobody really goes in with these really high expectations, right? It's a very casual, and you end up having a great time. I am perpetually disappointed by New Year's Eve. That is, I, I don't even plan anything anymore. Has anybody in the room ever had just a really great New Year's yeah. Eve? Laney, you, you're with us, Maggie. I I typically like New Year's. No, Maggie Eve. likes New Year's Eve. But what? But I think thinking you're going to something special is going to happen right. from some kind of formal New Year's Eve event. Right. I agree with you. I have. A, what do y'all do for for New Year's Eve, well, Maggie? That year, might make a difference. One year we did. We went to the event at the Crown Plaza. It was fun. And it's just a bunch of different bands, and we had a whole table full of our family, and we just cut up and had a good time. But I can see why sometimes it's underwhelming because it's like a new year it's a big production and you know you pop you have champagne and it's over with i feel like anytime i have to get dressed up formally 
I am disappointed by the event. I don't know exactly what I am expecting in my brain from whatever event I'm going to, but I'm like, really, I just want to be... The clothes and makeup are never worth it. No, I want to be in my airy offline leggings and with the sweater and a glass of wine on my couch. Well, did that happen once you started going to those events more frequently? Yeah, I think so. I think your desires Maybe changed. I'm just... I told Patrick, I said, maybe we're just in this homebody stage from, you know... You might be kind of burnt out. Burnt out. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. I feel like when I turn 40 in a couple of years, I'll be back at it. But, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Maybe not. Maybe we'll just get quieter and quieter. Yeah. So, I think a lot of people do the quiet New Year's Eve because of that. I was never good at doing the big event kind of things. But when you know, Melissa, that I have these triplets and they're grown Mm. now. We're going to talk about that. But when they were little... I like, I'm having, like, I'm getting hot just thinking about somebody having triplets. It's real, I'm stressed out, even though they're like adults now, but yeah, go ahead. They're like 28. So yeah, they're, they're like big they're kids. Like, um, Adulting. They're, they're gone and, you know, living in all their cities. But when they were little, I just remember that I decided to kind of take New Year's Eve by the horns oh, and okay. wrestle it down to something that seemed good. And so that started when they were four, we started a casual chili party open house mm, and so make a big pot of chili and it was mostly family and neighbors and, and, and close friends it was casual because everybody would just come however jeans you know leggings whatever we'd have beer in the ice chest we'd get some fireworks to do in the backyard or over at a big lot by the house and it was fun and every year it was a little different because the kids were at different ages and sometimes it'd be a lot of people and then sometimes it be wouldn't be a lot of people depending on what people had going on some people my sister my sister-in-law and brother one one year decided they were going to go to one of those parties and they were like we're not coming to the chili party but they had to hang their heads and come back the next year because they didn't have a good time <laughs> the chili party sounds phenomenal i love chili and, and you can do it with you know you can invite you know one couple two couples you can say stop by if you want no mm-hmm. the risk is that sometimes you have a lot of chili left over and then also sometimes there's a panic because you don't feel like you're going to have enough yeah. chili. Yes. But, you know, people usually bring random stuff. Yeah. And so the chili party has gone on for uh, 24 years with maybe two. One time I was sick. Last year, it was in the middle of a house reno. And some years it was wild when the kids were teenagers. Their friends would come and it was a huge party. Mm-hmm. Now the neighborhood we live in, we can't really do fireworks. Mm-hmm. So it changes and it morphs. But usually there's a pot of chili, wine, beer. And I've grown everything from, you know, a pair of overalls with a t-shirt, cut off overalls with a t-shirt under it to jeans and a decent shirt. Just depending on the year. On the weather. Yeah. And, and the, the weather. weather. And the weather, and the right? Weather. So, um, so, yeah, anyway, long, long story to say, I feel like you have to control New Year's Eve. And then it also kept us from having to get babysitters and stuff. Because mm-hmm. Or going dogs, to a restaurant yeah. where they up, the, I mean, it's like double the price for a set pre, whatever that, I'm not going to even say the, the prefix menu. The prefix menu, yeah. yeah. And I don't really want to do that. So before we, now it's clearly, yeah. as y'all can see, Devin and I could talk about We can, we can. But I do want to rein it back really quick before we talk about the triplet situation that's permanent. Um, so you graduated from LSU. Yes. What did you do after that? If oh, you don't gosh. mind sharing. Yeah, so uh, my first job, I think was, oh, I had a, I did a six month 
stint selling radio advertising for an AM radio station mm-hmm. from across the river. Okay. Yeah, it turns out that, that was not for me. Mm-hmm. And then my first real job, I would say, I did community blood drive coordination for the community blood center at the time. What did you graduate in? MassCom. Okay. With a marketing economics minor. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that economics kind of throws throws people off. A little yeah, bit. So I hate economics. Kind of, so yeah, <laughs> supply and accountants demand. do not like I do economics, not like and economics. I do not like accounting, but I love economics. Do you like economics? I could date or leave it. Ugh, I did not like it. I it's, did it's, take. It's, I took the one for chemical engineering majors because that was one of my majors in LSU, and it was horrible. It was. horrible. I have nightmares I about I like, it. I don't know why I like it, but I like it. No, I'm get very confused about economics. I'm like, so if the demand goes up, can't you just lower your price? <laughs> just is not how it works. Anyway, okay, so you did this. I'm trying to. What I want to get to is, how did you get to where you are today? Oh yeah, got, That's yeah. What I so get to. so I, I do I do this gig at the blood center. So I'm coordinating community blood drives and blood drives for companies and things like that. And then I start doing marketing. And for a outpatient medical facility, and then so I'm I'm kind of on this marketing track. I'm kind of on this community marketing and healthcare marketing track, which you know I don't know. I'm one of those people that never knew exactly what I wanted to do, so that's what I was doing. And then I got pregnant and found out it was going to be triplets and. Okay, wait, also, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk, now. Okay. Let's talk about this. So you get pregnant, and the doctor's like, "Congratulations, you're having triplets." I'm assuming that's is that is that well, what happened? We were doing the sonogram, so they decided they needed to help me along, kind of jack things a little bit. Just they're like, "We think you're going to kind of have a hard time getting pregnant. Okay, so gotcha. You should start early rather than later, and you might we might do some some jiggling of things around." Gotcha. Well, you know, basically they. They overjiggled right, right away, yep. and, and then I and ended up in triplets. Um, but the way it actually all transpired is you just think, okay, I'm pregnant, and you go do your – did a sonogram, right, where they're kind of just checking on things. And I can't even remember how often you do those, but it was one of the first ones, or maybe the first one. And they make you drink a lot of water, and they rub the little stuff along your stomach, and they're looking for heartbeats and little – a heartbeat – Heartbeat at that point. Yeah, they're probably going for a They said, uh, they said, a heartbeat. Oh, we got two. So, kind of like trying to get used to the idea of having twins, but I have a decent amount of twins in my family, so it's not totally crazy. And, you know, it seems good. So, kind of like, oh, oh, okay. And, they, and they're like, but, you know, what's twins? So, drink a little bit more water, and we want to take another look around, right? This is all they say. So, I drink some more water. And when they take another look around, they're like, oh, we got three. Oh, and that's when I started kind of freaking out about yeah. it. Because this seems preposterous. Like, this seems insane. Like, how like, are there three things in my body? Yeah. And also, like, and I didn't know anybody. Babies. Like, you don't really know people with triplets. Like, mm-hmm. that's not a thing that you know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'll do. But the truth is that. No, I'm pretty sure you're even in. that I know, time, I, know, I know a decent amount with <clears throat> twins. Yeah. And I know twins, but I don't have a lot of triplet connections. And there are more triplets now than there were 28 years ago mm-hmm. because really uh, fertility really jacked up after right, that. Right. So then you kind of laughing and crying at the same time because you know, like you know, like this is not like this is a little crazy, mm-hmm. and you feel kind of overwhelmed. But but at this point, you don't really understand how overwhelmed you're gonna gonna feel, mm-hmm. right? 
um, outnumbered. <laughs> yeah, you do feel. Did you kind of feel like it wasn't real? Like when it's that early on. I mean, so you know, I've talked about on the on a prior podcast that I don't have children, so I don't know what that is like. But I feel like, or I would imagine, in those first couple of ultrasounds, it's kind of like you you probably can't feel a lot of movement. You're just you can hear the heartbeat, and so like when you get up and like this is what I'm thinking. You get up, you walk out of there, and you're like, hmm. and you look down at your stomach. There's three babies in there. I feel like surreal, I would it'd be unreal. It's surreal. Yeah. It's surreal. I would say. And you don't know what you're getting into because if you're first time pregnant, you really you, don't know what you're getting into. Could you imagine into. getting pregnant for the first time and they tell you you have triplets? No, because it's already a lot to just imagine a child, one child, and then to just flip the script, you have three of them. It's very efficient, though. Right, because that's it, right? You got the triplets. <laughs> you got a litter going on. Seems like a lot. Uh, yeah. Okay. And it is a lot. So, but how was. Do you remember the pregnancy? Like, did you get to a point where it was just really uncomfortable? So, I'm 28 when I get pregnant, right? No, I'm 27. I'm 28 when I have them. So, I'm young, and you you don't really know. And so, I'm blissfully ignorant about that everybody's sort of freaking out. Like, doctor, everybody's, like, freaking out. Because this is considered a very high-risk pregnancy. But luckily, I'm 27, and I'm also healthy, and I'm also very optimistic, I am unusual in the fact that I just, I feel great, and I freaking love being pregnant. Oh, you're one of those people. And I also think I that I look just fine. Like, you're, like, glowing. I think, so that's around the time that Demi Moore does the cover of Vogue, where she is naked with her big pregnant belly. Gotcha. Okay. And I fully believe that I look at least that good. <laughs> you're like, I could be on that cover. <laughs> I... And so when people are like, oh, oh, I hate how I look. I felt great. I don't know what it was, but I felt like just that my body was just meant to do this. And I thought I looked gorgeous and I would like show anybody my belly. I just like felt fine. That's the weirdest thing. That is a great, I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's we're gonna have to we're gonna have to share your contact information in I case anybody thought, listens to this. Like, yeah, doesn't I just, feel fine while they're pregnant. Yeah. So I, I felt good. I thought I looked good, and I really had a, a terrific pregnancy. I mean, I went thirty five weeks in a mm. day. I didn't have any preterm labor. You were meant I to. I do- worked the last two weeks. They kind of shut me down but the last two weeks. you weren't at Success Labs at this point, right? No. Okay. Oh, so yeah. So that's an interesting story. So basically, the company I'm working at. They call me, like, I have the baby, I'm on maternity leave, uh, my friend Kevin calls me, his wife is pregnant too at the same time, like, there were like five babies being born, I've got three, and it was a small team, and, and there were two other people, and he calls and says, like, hey, look, uh, we're shutting this place down, sorry, you're not going to have a job to come back to. Hmm. And I have to say, it ended up being kind of a, a good thing, mm-hmm. and the reason why it was a good thing is because it kind of made the decision, you don't really, going back to work after you have three babies... I don't know that you can afford to pay people to do that. And I wasn't far enough along in my career. I mean, I was 27 years old Mm -hmm. when I got pregnant. I wasn't far enough on my career that I was making very much money. Yeah. And And it would have been a wash. It would have been a wash. I mean, I think by the time I would have bought clothes, driven to work, paid someone to take care of them, I'm not sure I could have made enough money. And so it was a really kind of easy decision to be poor and to have one income and to stay home. And I stayed home for three and a half years. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Well, I mean, I would not know how someone, and I'm sure there are people that have done this because I'm sure people have had to go to work, but how you have three infants. I mean, because even if you go back to work at six weeks, they're still infants, right? Whew. I don't even know. I can't even imagine that. Did you have any help? Do your family here that was able to help? So, because I mean, like you're kind I of had, outnumbered. You are outnumbered. <laughs> There's like baby, little baby heads around everywhere, and they eat a lot. They poo. They need a lot, <laughs> and you're exhausted. So two, I have two daughters and a son. So I have a mixed bag of triplets, which is great. If you're having three, you're like hoping them. They do that sonogram where they can see the sex. You're like. Some of both, some of both. I don't really care, but there's three, so I need to have some of both because this is a one-shot deal. <laughs> so they were they were healthy, but they kept the girls in the hospital 10 weeks, you know, the, uh, 10 days, 10 days, mm-hmm. to make sure that everything was good and they yeah. were maintaining weight, no jaundice. They could drink, you know, they could do whatever they could eat and stuff. My son was the smallest, which is not unusual, uh, that the boy is the smallest, and he stayed 14 days. So the girls get to come home at 10 days. And here's me. Holy crap. I cannot take care of these two. And there's one more I've got to go get. (laughs) Like, i got to go get one more. Like, these two are kicking my ass. And there's one waiting at the hospital for Mm -hmm. me. And so I was both really sad. Maybe I'll go pick that one up. So it was a weird emotion, right? Because I was super sad to leave him. Like, I cried about leaving him. And then I was like, oh, no. Like, and... You think, like, I can do it, I can do it, we can do it. But then you realize, like, you can't do it. And then you're like, somebody needs to come help. And maybe, maybe I'm not doing well and they should bring, they, the baby should stay here and I should go back to the hospital so that they can, like, make sure that I'm okay and somebody will feed me and I won't have to deal with this. So there were a couple of days when I was just like, something better needs to happen here. But it all worked out okay. My mom, my grandmother, my sister-in-law, people would... They would take their days where they would come and help with feeding and things like that. And, you know, it does take a village. Oh, yes. I feel like it takes a village with one, much less multiply that times three. Okay. So you're doing this triplet mom crazy thing. And then at some point, how did you get involved with Success Labs and now the owner? Yeah. So I know. What an interesting life I've had, right? Yeah. It's way more exciting than mine. Uh, I, I don't know. But my career journey has been unusual. Yeah. So just decide to stay home and then decide, okay, going back to work, I really am rethinking what I want work to look like. Mm-hmm. Because when you have triplets, it sort of changes everything for mm-hmm. you. Because you realize that you got one shot at this. There are not more babies coming along. That it's sort of intense. Every time you pass a stage, it's over forever. Some of the stages are rough. Some of them are great. Usually they're a mixture. Mm. And so I think to myself, I need to do something where my life and my work are much more intertwined. So you've got to remember that this is 28 years ago and people are not as into things like balance and stuff. So I go so into the 90s, right? At that point. So this I'm would have been, this, they right? were born in 91. Okay, yeah. And this would have been 94 ish. 95, because they were born December 91. So it would have been 95. Devin just did that math on her hand for anybody else wondering how that works. Because that would, that's probably not what accounts do. Oh, I still count on my fingers. <laughs> just subtract, but go ahead. All the, hand, all the fingers and toes. So I do what I would tell anybody to do because I've been working with people around their careers really since 1995. And what I would tell people to do if they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do with their career in life is that you go have a bunch of conversations and you talk to people 
and you ask them who you should be talking to and you tell them what you think you want to do and then you try to figure it out. And one of the things I did was I talked to my uncle's best friend who happened to be over at LSU Career Services. And I was like, look, I'm, I'm thinking, I want to sneak up, I'm going back to work. I think I want to be part-time. I need to be flexible. Who should I be talking to? And, and I also thought, well, I'll go back into doing what I was doing, which was kind of the healthcare marketing piece. So he gave me some people to talk to, one of whom was this guy named Bill Phillips, who was a PhD doing career counseling at a little organization called Career Assessment Services. And he was really working with people around their career crisis. This is just Bill? Bill Phillips, yeah. I needed Bill when I was 28. Yeah, so um, so I don't go crisis. talk to him about my career crisis. I go talk to him because he says that this guy just got some work on the business side of things and might need some help. So he had gone and talked to a Rotary Club or some business group, and a guy comes up to him afterwards and says, I'm HR for Premier Bank, which was the old L&B. And we are getting ready to merge with Bank One out of Columbus. And Maggie, seems, Maggie Laney, do any of these names sound like Right, y'all are too young, I've right? seen L&B. Okay. Right? Yeah, the old Louisiana National Bank. Yeah. So some, maybe some people who are my age or older will remember this. <laughs> and they said, we're going to be merging with Columbus, and we're going to have some fallout from that. Like some, some departments will collapse, you know, and some things will move to Columbus, and we're going to lay people off. And at that time... Because people were not used to doing job search. So you have to imagine this time, people don't have cell phones. Most people don't have a home computer. Are y'all okay? I mean, like, this existed. It's crazy. <laughs> this mean, is 20, crazy. 24 years ago, y'all. Mm-hmm. Right? This is 24 oh. years ago. Wow. And Which, so now that I'm 38, that doesn't seem that long before ago. Before I existed. Yes, before <laughs> Lainey existed. Thank you, Laney. <laughs> so In when you would get... I was a couple months old. Okay, yeah, see that? <laughs> and so... So poor Devin's talked about and this And this time, like, so this years. time, if you lost your job... And you had to look for a job, like it was. A you process. might like look in the paper, yep. like, and you had you had like built this company. You'd been there for twenty five. Like people didn't lose their jobs. Now in other parts of the country, we get things last here for a lot of reasons, right? We're buoyed up by oil and gas and things like that. Yeah. So we didn't have things were happening in other parts of the country, but not here. So he said, I need somebody to work with these people who've been laid off and downsized to help them one get over the emotional piece figure out what they're going to do next, and just basic job search strategy. Help these people do their resumes. Help them prepare for interviewing. So I'm mass calm. I'm a communicator. I can write. He's like, so I think I'm going to need some help with this. Do you think you can help people with resumes and prep for interviews? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, of course. Sure. I mean, I've never done it before, but I'm, like, I've looked, always been a little cocky. I looked fine when I was pregnant. I was hot. So, yes, clearly I can do this. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I can write a write. So, resume. So, he said... I said, look, can I work from basically 9 to 12, four days a week where my kids are in play school? And he's like, all right. So I get my first laptop. I don't even know how to. S- so I miss some time, right? Because in the early 90s, well, like computers, like everybody having their own computers really hitting. I'm like trying to figure out how to actually save a file. Like I'm like, how do you save this file? Like how do I do this? So that's how I ended up starting to work with Bill. And we did that. We did the United Companies closure, fail. Um, I did the ExxonMobil merger. So we are in this space. We're a local farm doing outplacement or transition work. There are a lot of national farms doing it, but we're doing it locally. In Louisiana, people are like, we like working with a local farm. They, people in Louisiana, true. Louisiana ladies, people do not want to leave Louisiana. So it made sense. But eventually, 
People would come to our office to use our computers, our long-distance phone lines, our fax machine, right? You were partially set up, and I set up the Career Center for ExxonMobil, which was partly renting space so that people could come and do the job search. And that was even later. That was later 90s when we did that. So things have really rolled, right? But eventually we realized this is not a good business strategy. Like, we're making money now. But it's not going to be, like, people are going to be able to do their own job searches. Yeah, and so we are sustainable. sustainable. A lot of what we're dependent on is something happening in an organization. Something has to happen. They have to be laying people off. Yeah. They have to decide they're actually going to spend money for outplacement and transition. And then we might get the business if they're not a national firm. Because if they're a national firm, they're going to contract nationally. And maybe we get a contract, a subcontract. So we'd always done things like where people would call us and like, oh, can you help me with my team? Oh, can you help me with this person? Can you do a team building? Can you do strategy? Like we'd always done some of that work too. But what we realized is that the relationship between employers and employees is going to be changing because everything is changing around us. And we make a decision at that point that we are going to change the company. And we renamed it and we refocused it on organizational leadership development. Because you're going to need that no matter where technology is. Yes. Technology can't replace people interaction. Yes. I mean, I guess it can and it can't. I just, I personally don't think, and maybe it's a Southern thing, leaders are going to need leadership. Employees are going to need guidance. You know what I mean? I feel like that's always going to happen, whether you're all virtual or not, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and what happens also at the same time is that the, the trust has been broken between employers and employees. And so partly what ends up happening is companies have to start reinvesting inside their organizations, yes. right? Creating new value proposition with employees. And so that then fits into the work we're doing. So we changed the name of Success Labs. And we did such a good job with that that I still do a little transition outplacement, believe it or not. Like I've done some this year. Mm-hmm. But very few people do it. They do it as an act of benevolence, usually for people who they feel like have been with them a while and they want to do something for them. But we did such a good job of transitioning the business that people would call us and were like, do y'all still even do this? Right? And, and we'd be like, yeah, we do. We just don't say we do it um, on the outside much. So that's really how we got into doing mostly leadership development, emerging leader development. What do we say? We grow leaders, build teams, hopefully drive ourselves to great people strategy. But we work with talent and trouble, right? You work with talent when you're working with emerging leaders or when you're doing proactive strategy and proactive team building. And you work with trouble when people are like, oh, gosh, like they're really smart. They're they're, they're good, but like nobody likes to work with them. Can you do something, right? Oh, wow. Or when you've got teams that are going through trouble. Yeah. So you which, work on both sides of things. Which I feel like, you know, I think that just kind of happens. I mean, I think businesses ebb and flow. And it, it could be from having a really good year in terms of financially, which I think just ultimately boosts morale to, hey, we might be having some more turnover than what we're experiencing and vice versa, right? I mean, don't you? It just, what do you think, Maggie? You're, yeah. you're a youngin', you and Lainey, looking in. No, it sounds like you have a really comprehensive approach to solving solutions within the workplace and in all stages of people's careers and all types of employees within an organization. Yeah. So is Bill... He's retired. He's retired. Yeah, he 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 was talking about his retirement in his 40s. And uh, he started practicing retirement late 50s. <laughs> it's and like we transitioned. Yeah, we he made me president. He went on a six-month sailing trip in the Caribbean where he couldn't be contacted. That's how we really Bill. shifted the business. Okay. Well, the, you know, when you think about when you're transitioning the business, as the founder-owner, he was always the first call. Yep. And I people knew me and they worked with me. 
But we had to shift that dynamic. So it's like, he's a big sailor. And so he said, okay, here's what, you know, we decided. Made me president, take off, be inaccessible, right, for a while. And that was it. And then he kind of stayed in the background by the time he actually retired. And then we did our buyout over four years. By the time he actually left, he really wasn't doing anything. And people were like, I thought he retired years ago. So we really did a good job with the transition. <laughs> so he probably read the same book that David Winkler read in terms of retirement, you know, because, and and I mean, I'm, I'm speculating, but one of the things that David had said was, no, like, I need to physically remove myself from the office. If I am physically there, people are going to continue to try to contact me. And I really think that, you know, and I've said this, I think I've said this on a prior podcast, I mean... David, to me, I mean, that was huge for him. He wanted to retire. It was a goal. I really think he did it the right way. And it was, it was pretty huge for you. Seamless. It was huge for me. Yes, I owe the man, like, more wine and God knows what than I will ever be able to pay him for. But, yeah, it was huge for me. And David was never, I mean, probably like Bill, never really, once he had that confidence in you, he wasn't worried about you handling the business, you know, so. I do think that's unusual, though, because in the succession planning that I do right now, people have a hard time getting out of the way. Mm -hmm. And it's so necessary for the sustainability of the organization. It's so necessary for you, right? You've got to back off to create space. Yep. And then the person coming behind you has to step into that space. Yes. And, and, and they're going to make mistakes. Yes, they are. <laughs> just going to. I have made countless mistakes. Maggie's kind of stepping into the business development role and I've told her, I'm like, no, you're going to tell somebody the wrong thing and you're going to have to come back and be like, sorry, it's all fixable. You know, the good thing is that Maggie's likable, right, Maggie? Mm -hmm. Pretty likable, you know, and so that kind of helps. But so I did want to say before we run out of time, I mean, Devin has accomplished a lot. You were one of the, I don't remember what year it was, but you were one of the influential women in business in 2016. 2016. How long, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't you on the list for the LSU Top 100 Fastest Growing Companies? We have been. Okay. We won't be this year because okay. it's been a hard year, Melissa. <laughs> we've gotten a four, and we've, we have grown um, definitely in the last few years and really kind of doubled down, hopefully, on our niche. And when you're a small business, I mean, you know how it is. You've got your, your little growth, little plateauing, little growth, little plateauing. So we're, we're much like that. I mean, I know that there are probably some. I know our friend Vanessa Graham mm-hmm. we probably have on here. She's all sharp and straight, straight up, right? Um, for sure. I try to keep in mind, right? It's not always how much you make, it's how much you keep. So I just I try to run a solid business, keep on the growth path, yeah. understand there are going to be some great growth years, understand there are going to be some plateaus, but generally move things in the right direction, make good decisions so that you're always making money, Yeah, right? Even, yeah. even in those tough years. And this has been a great year to really test the resilience and readiness of our organizations, right? Yeah, if we I make good so decisions too. because, you know, here in Louisiana where we've, you know, uh, there have been multiple hurricanes uh-huh. this year and a pandemic. Uh-huh. And, and I'm sure and we're going to have comedy. a blizzard. We're going to have our first blizzard ever well, in we'll December. Definitely probably have, we'll definitely have a freeze this something, year, probably. Something, I mean, let's just be prepared for it, okay? Yeah. I mean, I'm just perpetually stocked up on my wine for any sort of yeah. crisis right yeah. now. But, you know, that could, we could spend a whole other uh, podcast just talking about resilient leadership and just uh, and, businesses getting and we, through this year. And you know? we, will, we will do that. We, we will do we will that. I get to come back because I feel like I've been probably a highly talkative uh, guest. That's so. the point. Or so that I don't talk the whole time, right? But but once again, thank you so much, Devin. Again, oh, we could talk you. for probably another hour. Um, Devin has really been paramount for me. 
Um, hopefully what she teaches me, my employees can see maybe. Right, Maggie. Trickle down effect. <laughs> Trickle down effect. Don't you kind of see it? Okay, so we like to end with just five quick, fun questions. Okay. Okay. So this is an either or. So I'm going to say two things. You tell me what you prefer. All right. Breakfast or dinner? Breakfast. Okay. Football or baseball? Football. This is talking about a wine glass. Stem or stemless? Stemless. <laughs> Meat or seafood? Seafood. Okay. When I'm talking about gum, you want fruity or minty? Minty. All righty. Nice. Look at that. There wasn't one that Devin said not applicable, you know. These are hard, by the way. I try to come up with different, five different questions each Does time. Does everybody get five different? Or uh, right now, five right now, since you're our third guest, I only had to come up with 15 total. It could also be interesting, right, to have the same question for everybody and see how they vary. And this is Devin going to her business coaching. <laughs> and maybe I could do some or sort shake of them up, Or shake them up and put them in different groupings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll definitely have to probably repeat some. Oh, we're going to have to repeat some. But this is what I was thinking of yesterday. I, I kind of like it. it. Turns out I was decisive about it. You were decisive. You were very Thank decisive. You. Yeah, decisive about it? Uh, having a choice was huge. Yeah, having a, I like cho- having a choice. I don't know where I got that from, but I thought that's a really fun way to kind of just end the pod, right? Depending on the only thing I would it. change probably is I would have just say like breakfast and dinner because it was really hard choice. But that good that breakfast, was a hard choice for you. A good breakfast, a good lunch. <laughs> it's hard to beat, but yeah. I like all the meals. I mean, I like food too. So, but thank you so much. Thank you. That was phenomenal. All right, so real quick. If people have questions outside of emailing the Louisiana Ladies Podcast at gmail.com or checking out our Instagram account and DMing us, how can they reach you, Devin? Um, MySuccessLab.com. DLemoyne at MySuccessLab.com is the email. And you can always call me at 225-205-5300. But look us up online. That's the easy way yeah, to get all Google the digits. Success Labs. Yeah, see how old school I am? I just gave people my freaking number. That's okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> people, we still talk to people. So, I appreciate um, that. Anyway, but thank you so much. It was thank great you. having you. Thank and you. that'll wrap up that episode. Yeah. Maggie, thanks. any closing thoughts? Thanks for being with us. I definitely want to expand on this conversation further. It can't stop here. No. No, Devin and I, so our um, business contract, <laughs> whatever it may be, it's for a certain time period. And then she's like, okay, are you good? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we must meet again. <laughs> we must meet again. Every once in a while, she gets a very frantic text for me. I know she's on the road, and I'm like, just please, I need you to call me. So, um, been, uh, you, been very. You really don't do me. that that much. You probably think you do it in your head. You might call me more than you actually right. do. But I feel like when I do it, you're like, oh, I probably need to talk to her. So, um, anyway, but thanks, Devin, and thank you. Hope everybody has a great rest of their week. Yeah, thanks, Maggie. Thanks, Lainey. Thanks for listening. It's been fun. Talk yep. to y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.